0: Survive and Thrive. This is a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but thrive in change. I am your host and co-founder of Consenity, Jennifer Ayers. We're kicking off our podcast series featuring 19 stories and perspectives on how COVID 19 has created an imperative for change and what leaders and organizations are doing to respond to that change. For today's episode, our guest is Jacqueline Meyer. Jacqueline is currently the CPO, Chief People Officer at Slice. Prior to that, she was at Plated and was the Vice President of HR Global People and Organizational Development at Coach, now Tapestry. I had the honor of working with Jacqueline when we were both at Accenture leading large business transformation initiatives. If anyone knows how to talk about helping leaders and organizations not only survive, but thrive and change, it's Jacqueline. She shared difficult transformation journeys not only with her clients in the past, but experiencing it firsthand in her recent leadership roles. I'll let Jacqueline give a little intro and then I'd love to start our discussion with her most recent experience at Slice. At my core, my whole
1: career has been focused around helping people and teams and organizations through change and and ultimately be really just effective in their roles and in terms of sort of driving where whatever business or organization we were in was trying to go. And that time we spent working at Accenture. I didn't realize how much it shaped so much of kind of where my career would go until I had left uh, after 11 years there. It's funny because this concept of surviving and thriving, I feel like in consulting, one of the things you learn along the way that you don't realize you have until after the fact is this ability to be really versatile um, in many different circumstances.
0: This versatility Jacqueline mentions has helped her along her journey. Before working at Slice, Jacqueline worked in-house at Coach as it became Tapestry, acquiring brands such as Kate Spade. It was the first time the company was making those decisions, and Jacqueline helped them through this new territory. Jacqueline has honed her capabilities.
1: That ability to be really versatile and then help others be versatile has been really critical. That idea of kind of helping people navigate those situations has just been something I'm, I'm incredibly passionate about. And working in the people in HR space, you get to do that. Every day, because there's no shortage of change, that people are trying to figure out how to not just get through, but really figure out how to be stronger on the other side of it.
0: Last year, Jacqueline began to work at Slice, a company that seeks to aid local businesses, specifically in the pizza space. Slice helps small, authentic pizza places digitize their business to better serve their customers.
1: Our whole core mission is around the idea of keeping local businesses thriving. If you think about, in particular, the pizza industry in the U.S. and the places that you, like your go-to spots in your kind of local neighborhood, they're often these small sort of mom-and-pop places that oftentimes are still taking orders over the phone, and they're trying to compete with big players like a Domino's or a Papa John's. One of the things that places like Domino's have brought to the industry is the ability for a small business owner to buy a franchise and have access to incredibly sophisticated digital tools to be able to, to be really competitive and make it easy for consumers to get access to the product. But if you're like me, I don't really love Domino's quality pizza. I love the place on my corner called Grimaldi's that is real authentic New York pizza but a place like that might not be able to compete in the same way in terms of having access to technology so that I, as a customer, can order online or on my phone in an app. So Slice is all about empowering local business owners, specifically in the pizza space, to be able to help them digitally transform their business so that we all get, as people living in our local neighborhoods, great access to authentic local pizza, but, In a way that gives those shop owners the chance to um, have access to kind of the latest and greatest technology our founder and ceo has a wonderful way of talking about it which is we're in business to help these small business owners be in business for themselves not by themselves so that you know the access to great tools they get by being connected to a broader network
0: jacqueline started at slice in february of 2020 she spent her first few weeks getting to know slice as a company and settling into her new role. Then the world shut down. Yeah, what's crazy is I
1: actually had only been with the company uh, five weeks full time when the pandemic was officially called a pandemic. And interestingly, because I was new to the company, I had prioritized You know, and again, before knowing it was going to be a pandemic, I prioritized my time around making sure we have employees in the US, in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and in the country of Macedonia, which is just north of Greece in Europe. I was trying to make sure I made it everywhere in the early part of my time at Slice to get to know people, to see our offices, understand. The elements of our culture that are consistent and things that might be more local. I flew home from a two-week trip to Macedonia on Friday, March 6th. And on Monday, March 9th, we made the decision to move to work from home for the foreseeable future based on what we knew at that time to try to make sure we were keeping people safe while also figuring out how to set them up at home to be productive. It was so crazy because I actually... I mean, I remember... A week earlier, when I was still in Macedonia, I was getting texts from my family like, they're going to close the borders and you need to fly home now. And I was like, I think it's going to be okay. When, when I flew home on that Friday, you know, given all the like stir and when I was reading the news about what was going on in the States, I was expecting it to be this crazy situation at the airport. And, and actually, when I, I was flying from Macedonia through Vienna back to New York and If anything, I was actually surprised that people at the airport weren't doing more. They would ask you before you got on each flight, like, where are you coming from? Where else have you been? But it was calmer than I expected. But then certainly things ramped up quite a bit that that week following when stuff really started to shut
0: down. While Jacqueline made it home safely, her troubles were far from over. One of the issues that she faced was that Slice had employees established in different countries. While Slice's customer base is in the U.S., much of their support operations is in Macedonia, and they are dispersed across the country. Although they had some spaces in the capital city, Slice also had offices in a small tourist town and then an even smaller village.
1: So internet reliability isn't great in people's homes. Many people live in home situation where they have extended family living with them, which doesn't necessarily make for easy work from home conditions. So it was actually a very crazy few days where we were working really closely with all the kind of key leaders on the ground there to figure out how do we transition all those folks to work from home so that they can still be effective and productive, but most importantly, We wanted to keep people safe, and given how the cases were escalating, we didn't want people to be on top of each other in the office, and some of the office space, and I had just been there, was really tight, so it wouldn't have been a good place for everybody to be.
0: While the entire world has felt the impact of the pandemic, we'll focus on the U.S. for the moment, particularly on local businesses. Not only do these businesses bring personalities to our towns, but they are also acting as an invisible backbone for our economies, both local and national. According to the Keenan Institute of Private Enterprise, businesses with fewer than 500 employees account for more than 60 million jobs in the U.S., about one-half of the overall labor force. This was before COVID. Then the virus swept through our country temporarily shutting down our lives and our livelihoods. By September of 2020, 100,000 establishments that temporarily closed their doors due to the pandemic will never open those doors again. With all the despair around us, Slice rises above with its commitment to small businesses even before the pandemic.
1: One of the interesting things about Slice it was there before I got there and I'm trying to help us preserve it is our organizational superpower is the incredible belief and commitment to our mission to keep local thriving. Even those 550 folks we have in Macedonia who don't get to use our product and service because right now it's just U.S. based, they still all really care about the consumers who are using the tool, the shop owners who, you know, we want them to think of us as an extension of their, their team and their employee base in the shop, everybody believes so much and is so committed to helping these businesses be successful. COVID has only you know, amplified the need to help small businesses really kind of figure out how to navigate and succeed through what is an incredibly just crazy, unpredictable time. For all of us, it's been such a wonderful thing to be part of, to help really feel like we can contribute to helping these businesses figure out how to navigate What is a very, you know, new, different kind of environment at a time where takeout and delivery in the U.S. is only kind of growing in popularity, given how people are trying to be careful and safe.
0: I couldn't agree with Jacqueline Moore. Since March, I know I have personally ordered more food via delivery and my friends and family have as well. Many restaurants have been able to remain open due to the takeout orders and Slice is helping pizza joints meet this new demand. You can help me confirm this stat that I read, but did I read correctly that recently, just in June 2020, you reached your 1 billion milestone and in, in the mission to keep these lo- local small businesses open? Is that correct? Yeah, we've had a bunch of
1: exciting milestones actually, but the number of orders has gone through the roof, as well as our ability to just deliver kind of a whole new set of support and services.
0: Amid Slice New Initiatives is one that I find particularly important to highlight.
1: We also just literally recently launched a program where small business owners around the country could apply to a Slice Accelerate program. The selected shops will receive a $15,000 investment in their business to help them get access to these digital tools. And we had just tremendous response, thousands of shops that have applied and are sharing their story you know, those types of things obviously are, are incredible, wonderful examples of kind of what the partnership between Slice and these shops can do.
0: Shops that partner with Slice see a 40% increase in average order value online, as well as a 20% increase in reorder rates. In a small margin industry like the restaurant landscape, this increase could mean the difference between surviving and closing down. But Slice is going beyond just helping people and businesses survive. They are now offering services that allow them to grow, to refresh themselves, to essentially thrive during the worst time in recent history for restaurants.
1: There is a couple of aspects to the business. One is this idea that you can go on the Slice app and get access to, you know, great local authentic pizza in your your community and be able to order for pickup or delivery. The other part of it, when I mentioned that Slice Accelerate program, one of the exciting things about that is it's tied to a new sort of business offering that we've been testing with some shops. We now have 10 locations doing this where we've become, you know, when I mentioned being sort of an extension of their team, beyond just providing them the technical tools, also helping them with marketing and branding in terms of sort of refreshing, you know, who they are and, and how they show up uh, to customers. It can help connect shops, you know, kind of our vision for how that can grow to procuring supplies effectively and efficiently help them with logistics and payment solutions and, and all of those really critical things so that they can focus on their core specialty, which is to, to make amazing food. So there's just some really cool stuff that we've been testing this year and now, you know, kind of really doing even more around to, to your point, help these shops thrive. Like go beyond just what they do today, but really help them kind of grow in services that they can provide in a way that makes it you know more affordable for them.
0: If you'd like to hear more about these incredible restaurant owners and see some of their transformations... You can check out the founder of Slice, Elir Sela's Twitter at Elir Sela and on Instagram at Elir Sela. That's I L I R S E L A. I want to highlight another aspect of Slice that I admire greatly. Despite everything Slice has done for local businesses, they were able to expand their aid to an important and hit very hard group during this time of crisis they launched a campaign to help care workers. While Slice continued its mission to aid local restaurants, it also saw a unique opportunity to help the frontline workers in the early days of the pandemic. That's when Slice launched an incredibly creative campaign to connect two groups so that both could benefit.
1: At the early stages of the pandemic, uh, you know, just given you know, all of us, the attention around how do we help the frontline care workers who are doing so much to to take care of people and just it still amazes me how crazy this whole situation is. We all incredibly admire what those folks are doing every day, especially given, you know, they're in a dangerous situation themselves while trying to help others. So we partnered with a nonprofit called Slice Out Hunger and were able to just build an amazing initiative called Pizza versus the Pandemic, which was kind of a win-win around helping through the frontline care workers at hospitals all around the country while also supporting local small businesses. People could and did donate. And when you donated, you could either, you know, say that the, the money is be put to wherever it's needed. Or if you had a specific healthcare facility that you wanted to support, you could designate where it was going. But basically, that money then made its way to the local pizzerias and shops who could then deliver pizza to the workers in that particular healthcare facility. So it was really just incredible in terms of the like outpouring of support that folks all around the country made to that. And like wonderful images and pictures of just when the shops were going to deliver the pizzas to the folks at the
0: hospitals. In a time where so much has been stripped away from our lives, I find that it's these little things that matter the most. Hugging a loved one, getting a tea with an old friend, the sight of a dog wagging its tail to greet you after a long day. All of these everyday experiences seem to mean so much more this year. Jacqueline found the same situation when it came to pizza versus pandemic.
1: More than ever, this time in the world has shown how much little things go such a long way. You know, this idea that some people might think that like sending pizza to to folks working in a hospital sounds small, but actually to those folks, just the connectivity in the community, the ability to, you know, say thank you to folks that were literally putting their lives on the line to to care for others was tremendous.
0: In fact, since March 21st, Pizza versus Pandemic has delivered over 35,000 pizza pies to 1,800 medical centers and have raised over $660,000. Change can be difficult for anyone. In this past year, most of us have had to change a lot. Our routines and practices, our social lives, our work habits, all have changed. As Jacqueline has spent so much of her time in the area of adapting, I asked her to tell me what factors she thinks allow Slice not only to pivot, but to pivot greatly to help so many others. I think the biggest thing is clarity and commitment to mission.
1: For us, it's very clear what and why we're doing what we do. And so things, like that pizza versus pandemic, there was just no question. It was like, of course, we should do this because it is both about keeping local businesses thriving, and and quite honestly, it also kept local health cares thriving. So, you know, for us, that clarity of purpose and the why we're doing what we're doing is a huge enabler. And it's funny because when I reflect on past experiences, whether at Coach and Tapestry or or at Accenture, working with the clients I had there, you know, we would talk so much from a change standpoint around making sure it was really clear that people would understand why are we doing what we're doing and how does what they do fit into that? And I would say that, you know, these last few months in particular really highlight and definitely our experience at Slice, how critical that is because then it makes what you do abundantly clear and everybody can really rally around it much more easily.
0: So powerful, clarity of purpose. I'm hearing it come up over and over and over again with different leaders that I'm talking to. I just did a blog post not that long ago about why purpose is so important now in the time that we're in and for the future worker, so to speak. This time of lockdown has also generated not just a time of great change, but a time of great reflection. As Jacqueline points out. Even on a personal level, the last several months have been sort of
1: just a, a massive, like, halt the way we were all living, mm. which then I think forced a bit of, at least for me personally, reflection on what were the things, like, in everyday life that helped me feel motivated, inspired, gave me energy, and what about those things are available in this time where we can't just move about as freely as we could before? that we were in, especially in a place like New York City, we were in lockdown for quite a while. You know, I literally had never spent so much time in my apartment or <laughs> you with my husband's and, and your, job, you and your husband. That's right. That's right. I mean, literally, not in 20 years have we spent that much time together back to back. Um, you know, it does get you to really think about sort of what's most important, what are the right things to focus on, And this concept of purpose and why we do what we do, I think, is a really important one, and I think it resonates with a lot of people, even when you think generationally. So this has kind of been an interesting, massive world reset moment.
0: Yeah, so true, so true. And thank you for sharing your own personal observations with, from a personal perspective, about this period. I think a lot of us, myself included, feel as Jacqueline does. I've come to value my husband, my pets, my coworkers, so much more. 2020 has really solidified in me that connecting with others and showing them our love and support is the most important thing we as humans can do. While the pandemic forced many of us to adapt quickly, Jacqueline has helped companies like Accenture, Tapestry, and Slice do it for years. If there's one ability Jacqueline has mastered, it's the ability to pivot. So, I wanted to ask Jacqueline what surprised her most during this time. For someone who's handled crises before, albeit not at this scale, I wanted to see what came to as a kind of a shock for her. One
1: is that how powerful it is truly when people kind of can come together and use these moments as like connective points versus kind of retreat into their own corners, and how we've had to all just figure out how to do that in ways that didn't feel, and honestly, even still sometimes don't feel normal. That has been a big one. It's funny because I'm somebody who, you know, my entire career, I'm used to working in a very distributed fashion where like the teams that I'm part of, or the teams that I'm leading are not all in the same place at the same time, or even in the same time zone. However, in a world where literally 100% of what you do has to operate that way, and you can't physically ever have moments where you're together, how people have responded to that, and even how my, I, like myself have responded to that, have been interesting to me, just in terms of where some people are, are able to be more effective in it than we would have ever expected.
0: One example of this is Slice itself. Slice was able to properly transition all 700 employees to online work without seeing a dip in productivity levels. It's an accomplishment she says that she would have never believed possible. One area Jacqueline still feels she's working on mastering is how to individually and collectively stay resilient through these enduring times. However, I found her view to be quite balanced, both of herself and of others.
1: I'll be honest, I don't think I I definitely haven't fully cracked that nut. And I, I definitely know in talking to peers at other places, friends, family there's still a lot we're all trying to figure out even though it's been 6 months that part coupled with the fact that human beings are really shockingly adaptable has been interesting to me personally like as much as we're all having a hard time with it mentally and physically and personally emotionally at the same time if you step out of kind of how you might be feeling about it personally in these moments where i try to like get perspective I'm amazed at how adaptable people are.
0: But not all of us are seasoned professionals of change the way Jacqueline is. I asked her to share with me any advice or insights she might have for those who want to become and remain resilient.
1: One of the biggest ones to me is this is a time to open up as many lines of communication as possible to help find big and small ways to bring people together I think that the more that the connectivity and sense of community that people have in many different ways, whether that's in their personal lives, and their professional lives, I think that's really important. And you have to do more than what would feel normal. So daily touch points, virtual coffees, social distanced walks, things that, again, we totally took for granted before all of this, but are I think more critical than ever is really important, giving people forums to share feedback and concerns, get people more involved in how to find ways forward. And then the other big one I would say that I've been trying to personally lean into with my own teams is out of crazy, challenging, difficult times can come amazing new things that you wouldn't have ever thought of before because nothing was forcing you to be different. I think there could be incredible innovative things that come out of this in terms of just how we work, how we operate, how we communicate, how we get things done. There's a big part too that I think gives people a sense of control at a time where things feel completely out of control. Lean into it, into the disruption and the discomfort to figure out how does this force us to find new ways to do something that we might not have otherwise known about or discovered. And I don't know what they all are yet, but I've been trying to push myself and my own team to think about that more because it could turn into a lasting, wonderful, positive difference, even when at some point in the future we're past the pandemic.
0: So true. So powerful. It's exciting. I think there's some things that will change that we don't even know yet. And there's some things will be accelerated and there'll be some things that fall away. But I love that you talked about the adaptability of humanity as a whole and the opportunity for fostering resilience. And so we're in it together. So um, thank you for that. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. One day at so- a time. In wrapping up our interview, Jacqueline shared some powerful final thoughts. I think it's important to
1: be real and vulnerable also. And if I'm honest, the last six months have been personally incredibly hard. I'm a person who gets my energy from being around others physically. The things that after a really hard, tough day that I would normally do, I can't go do right now, which would be to sit At an amazing restaurant at the bar and have a (laughs) delicious dinner. I don't even know when that'll happen again at some point in the future. Regardless of those things, you know, how do we make sure we're taking care of ourselves? I'm still learning how to do that. Well, quite honestly, I've had some really tough kind of personal moments of how to find my own resilience through this. I'm trying to cut myself some slack and recognize that this is unprecedented and it's going to take a little Mm bit of time. And I've been trying some little things to help with that. And, um, as I find some stuff that works, I try to lean into doing that more. So I had to like, I finally found an exercise routine that worked for myself pre pandemic. And then this happened and I can't do it. So I, (laughs) I finally found a new one that's working for me again, even stuff like, you know, it's okay to take a break from some things. Like I took a week off in the summer. There was nowhere to go. I mean, normally I would have gone away, but there was nowhere to go. But even just having some time off to like have a mental break from work was important. So that type of thing, I also want to be real that I have a lot of hope for what can be and how we can work through this time. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it hasn't been incredibly difficult.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. And I bet there are a number of people out there that feel the same way you do. I know I certainly have had my own moments where you just, you have to be real with where you are. I mean, you literally, it's a different time. You're literally on Zoom calls and your kid comes running in or the dog jumps up on your lap. I mean, I'm pretty sure that both of my pups have been in several of my meetings, if not somewhere on my lap, you know, right on the sidelines. So uh, thank you for sharing. And I was uh, hoping you might share a way that people could get in contact with you, perhaps if they have more questions or maybe want to share ideas. Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, I would say probably the best way is on LinkedIn. And I show up there as Jacqueline Jack, J-A-C Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R.
0: Great. And uh, if you mention this podcast, when you reach out to Jacqueline, she'll probably uh, know that you've heard this and probably have a sense of what you might like to talk about. So just a tip if you're reaching out. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining our episode of Survive and Thrive Podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.